Hi guys. Apologies for McKaylee's audio in this episode. She was trying something new to help with her volume and it obviously didn't work. So we wanted to give you a heads up. Thanks still for listening and enjoy the show. In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison gives great advice about skincare. I mean, I feel like if she eats and like, has, you know, you know I feel like if she like takes care of herself, she'll be fine. Well, she's like eating dust flavored protein bars for two years. Like Fuck. that's not going to do great things for your skin, honey. Welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales, and I'm rereading this Mortal Coil this month. And I'm Allison, and I'm reading it for the first time. Yay! So, welcome to Novel Predictions. This is a podcast where two best friends, Kales and Allison, uh, torture each other into reading <laughs> a book that they normally wouldn't pick for themselves, um, usually, and it's one that the other one has reread and we spend two episodes a month. The first episode is the predictions episode where the person who has not read the book tries to predict what they think is going to happen in the book. And then the second episode of the month is where we review it and see how wrong they were. Yeah. Always wrong. Oh, I would say very, 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 very rarely. Right. Um, but it's, full of hilarity and fun and we're so excited to have you guys joining us if this is your first time if you are part of our book club on goodreads you've listened since the first episode or the fourth episode welcome back we're so excited to have you thank you for joining us on this wild and crazy weird little podcast about books because everyone and their mother and their grandmother has a podcast and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to ours it means a lot because even my own boyfriend doesn't so (laughs) i (laughs) um i love him dearly don't get me wrong um he he doesn't he might listen he might actually listen to this one though Oh yeah, because it's this his episode. Book. It's his favorite book. So, long story short, about this one, I dragged my boyfriend to a book event, and Emily Suveda was there, um, who is the author of *This Mortal Coil*, and she is also an astrophysicist, which Seth is one as well. And they got to talking, and Seth picked up her book, and he's I fucking obsessed. And I read the first one, and I loved it. I thought it was great, but. Then I kind of did that thing where you don't continue the rest of the series because it, like, takes too long. You, like, forget why you loved it, and you're like, I'm not worried about reading the second book. Yeah, exactly. And um, But the third one just came out, like, a week ago, and Seth has been bugging me for over a year to read the second one. And I was like, I don't even fucking remember what happens. (gasps) I have novel predictions. I'll make Allison read it, and I'll reread it, and then I can read the rest of the series. So this was born purely out of selfish reasons, um, considering we just had a long-ass book last month, and now this one is, I think, just like 10 pages shorter. Yeah, which is nothing. Sorry. (laughs) But I do think, actually, this one reads quicker, like we had hoped, because it is YA. Yes. It seems to be reading much quicker than... Uprooted. uprooted did yeah it it yeah it goes much faster the audiobook is better thank god yes it is so it is much better yeah it's yeah, listenable I think it'll be, <laughs> it is listenable um which is just thank 
fucking goodness. Um, and the audiobook's great. It's fast-paced. My family is Snapchatting me. Um, and Don't then, they know you're doing important business? I know. You'd think so. Well, my dad <laughs> just got a new job, so that's the, <gasps> okay, all the rage. Later. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's all the rage in my family right now. So we are here talking about this mortal coil and I had you read the first nine chapters because it's a long ass book and the main reason I had you do that was there's like a really good explanation of like the genetic code and the history of the the weird ass dystopian sci-fi world that we're set up in Um, right in those later chapters in the later chapters she does a really good job at like getting you right into the action um, which I'm really happy about but she, um, it takes her a minute to like explain. kind of explain. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you needed that explanation. Cause if I had just given you like the first five chapters, you would have been like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I probably would have had much less direction for an end result here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here is the, uh, the description. Okay, Uh, for this mortal coil, which is the first one in a trilogy, um, and it goes, when a lone soldier Cole arrives with the news of Lachlan Agata's death, all hope seems lost for Katarina. Her father was the world's leading geneticist and humanity's biggest hope for beating a devastating virus. Then, hidden beneath Cole's gene-hacked enhancements, she finds a message of hope. Lachlan created a vaccine. Only she can find and decrypt it, if she can unravel the clues he left for her. The closer she gets, the more she finds herself at risk from Cartaxis, a shadowy organization with a strong stranglehold on the world's genetic tech, but it's too late to turn back. There are three billion lives at stake, two people who can save them, and one final secret that Cat must unlock, a secret that will change everything. So what were your initial thoughts about this book? So I'm enjoying it. I, mean, I think I'm going to like it, which is yeah, happy and good. Um, yes. But it's definitely a departure from, you know, like what I normally read. I don't typically dive into dystopians unless I'm, I don't know, every once in a while, like maybe twice in a five year period, I'll be like, ooh, dystopian. Yeah, but, yeah, but like, what? I mean, I don't but know. But it's the a good one. Tr- okay. Well, I was like just going to say, like, the dystopian trend has, like, severely yeah. dropped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm appreciating this one. I think that, um, Cat's character. I'm just gonna call her Cat because Katarina is a fucking mouthful. It is Cat. Well, Cat is what everybody calls her in the book, unless okay. they're like trying to be romantic or formal. It's Cat. Katarina. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so she is interesting to me. I definitely have some vibes and predictions about like what her fucking deal is um, mm-hmm. as a person. Um, but I think yeah. she was, she's really interesting. The character building is pretty compelling so far. I think her character and Agnes's character are both very well painted. Like I, I kind of get a sense of who they are right away. And I appreciate yeah. that. Um, Cole, I'm sc- <sighs> Okay. So I was, there was a moment of panic in my heart. Where I thought there was going to be a love triangle, and I'm still not convinced that there's not. Okay. Um, because we have Dax. We haven't we met have Dax. Dax yet. Well, yeah, we met him in like the flashback or whatever. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and she's all like, "This is the moment I knew I loved Dax." Blah blah blah. 
and he's supposed to, according to Cole, be joining them. Yes. I don't know if that's going to happen based on the book description. <laughs> um, seems like it won't. <coughs> but, sorry. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm I'm on board for Cole to be the love interest and to da- for Dax not to just to be, not show up. Yeah, to not show up. <laughs> or to like show up and be a complicating factor but not be part of a love interest. Like maybe he comes in as actually like I don't know on like he's coming to get her for Cartaxis instead of um, Cole who's coming to protect her right but it's interesting to me because Cole is coming to protect her but he obviously hates her father so yeah and I think it's clear that he's coming to protect Katarina because he literally can't not like he has Mm -hmm. there's been some kind of programming jacked into his body that's forcing him to follow these orders and that's pretty fucked like i like on a person autonomy level um and especially i feel like that's going to complicate them having a relationship because how is he going to know what's him and what's this programming kind of thing so yep i'm i'm into it i'm thinking that it's complex enough that i'm being held into the story, I accidentally, like, I had to run to my phone and turn off the audiobook at chapter 10, because it was like, oh, no! 10, and then she started talking, and I was like, wait, shit, fuck, no! Because <laughs> I was not, like, waiting there, ready to turn it off, because I was enjoying the book. Um, That's a really good sign. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think it's complex enough to keep me interested, but YA fast-paced enough to propel me through the story and not be like, okay, I just have to read all... I'll get through these five chapters or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying it. How are you liking the reread? I'm I'm enjoying the reread. It took me because here's the thing. What Seth and I talk about this book a lot when we remember reading that first chapter because that first chapter is intense as fuck and we yeah. were like holy shit like it jumps you right in. And it throws you into, like, human combustion and cannibalism. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. It was very visceral for the both of us. So, like, what I remember about this book is, like, that chapter, the basic concepts. I remember one really hilarious moment in the middle. And that's about it. memories. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was like two or three years ago that I read this book. I read it right when it came out because, like I said, we met Emily and she's amazing and just such a great human. And then she remembered Seth and I a year later when I met her at MPIBA and she came for the second book. And Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, she was so great. Um, Well, because she was at Colorado Teen Book Con and her book had not come out yet. That was like the big thing was that her book was supposed to, it was like on the weekend and her book was going to come out on the Tuesday, right? So we were meeting her on the Friday. So she just was kind of like wandering around and, and I don't know how I got to talking to her, probably because she was wandering around and I was like, oh, I don't have to like interject in a group to talk to you. And then I found out she was an astrophysicist and I like yanked Seth over here and I was like, hey, talk to Emily. I've got to go work this event. Like that's how that happened. Um, And then... Yeah, so then at MPIBA, I was like, 
hi, Emily. I'm, I'm McKaylee. You met me and my boyfriend. She goes, oh, my gosh, your boyfriend's a physicist. You guys worked at NASA. Da, da, da. She, except she's Australian. So, But I'm not going to mock her with the Australian accent. That's so, probably a good call. Uh, yeah, I can't do it. So, <laughs> um, so she was super great and then signed an ARC for the both of us. Um, and... So that's, I remember like her and I remember like the writing. That was the other thing that I remembered was that it was yeah. like really visceral, well done It's super, writing. super image inducing, which I love because that's how I think. Yes. So I appreciate that a lot. It's not like all up in, all up in itself being super literary, but it, it really compels you to see what she's saying. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, it's because it's like some and some hard of it's shit. disgusting. Yeah. And some of it you're like, oh, God, I don't want to see this. No. Oh, God. The flesh popping in the human yeah. cells. Yeah. Like you can almost hear it the way that she talks about it. Like the oh, God, I just think about like how she uses that pack of human flesh as an explosive yeah. in her dad's room to get away from Cole. Oh, oh let us say, too, because descript- the description of the book doesn't say this. But the virus that they're talking about that's taking over the world um, causes people to spontaneously Explode. combust. Yep. Um, and that's what the front cover is. Do you know that? Yeah. And the only yeah. way to be – the only current way to be immune from the disease, like, for a short period of time is to eat the flesh of the infected. Yep. So it's Before fucking – Before they explode. Yeah. It's fucking gross. Super gross. It's, it's so disgusting, but it's like – I love that she takes it there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially for a YA book. It's like, yes, push those boundaries. Like, yes, make it gross. Like, make us think about, like, I don't know, because this all happens in two years. You think about the fact that, like, she had this normal life, quote unquote normal in terms of, yeah, because, like, there's the genetic morphings and buildings, which I think is a really fast, because the other thing I didn't remember was, like, how weirdly political this book is. Yes. And maybe, and maybe it's just because of the political climate we're in right now that, like, I didn't think about it before, but especially, like, the healthcare aspect and the genetic aspect, and it's, it's really, it's got these very interesting political undertones. Yeah, well, and I think it's a really interesting take on, like, a zombie apocalypse where, the people who are infected are these this like shambling mass or whatever but it's the healthy people that are eating them yeah like it's this kind of flip-flopped zombie apocalypse that is really really cool like a really really unique idea well and it's also interesting that it's like addictive right yeah like they the second you smell a person who's infected you like have a animalistic trigger to try to eat them yep yeah that's weird yeah it's pretty fucking weird i know it's it's really good it's interesting yeah Yeah, the whole thing is just it i don't know it's just a concept that i remember it was so unique and so out there and yet it's just it's great yeah so uh, do you have any other like just thoughts and stuff that you are um, while you're reading this book, I know we went over like the dystopian, the writing, the grossness, <laughs> um, you yeah. know, any other things that like you want to bring only, up before we get into predictions? The only thing so far that has bugged me a little bit is I feel like Kat keeps being like, oh, I'm going to do this thing to get away from Cole. And then she doesn't get away from him. Yeah. She just like still stays there. And you're like, wait, what was the fucking point of this? Like, yeah. 
why are you I don't know it seems it's very weird to me like I kind of get it like but at the same time he's representing an organization um that she abhors and he doesn't seem to be actually that fond of her father and it just seems weird because she like did the Trojan horse and then she like didn't leave like she's yeah. still there like I thought she was gonna be like okay bye and like escape and like go to the can- Canadian lab on her own or like steal his jeep or whatever and she hasn't done that yet um it doesn't seem like she's intending to yeah it's a little wishy-washy yeah it's a little weird I'm like why are you trying to get away from him so bad but then every time you succeed you're just like oh but I'll actually stay yeah it's just making him angry so it, whatever so that's the like <laughs> one nitpicky bullshit thing I have um but other than that I'm what do you well it. what do you think I'm glad what do you think about the whole genetics thing like from what uh, you understand about it well so it's obviously like really bizarre um yeah I think it's a very interesting idea that infants are like implanted with this little panel that grows inside their body and like does all this nanotech building yeah. as you grow um the idea that she has i think she calls it hypergenesis mm-hmm. which my understanding is that she can't she doesn't her body doesn't like react well to the nanites and stuff yes. or something so so mm-hmm. she can't she can't be as altered as most people yes that is correct i think it's bullshit i think it's a lie so <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, like, one of my big <laughs> predictions is that, like, it's absolute bullshit. Um, nice. And I know, like, her dad claimed because that her mom died because she had hypergenesis, too, which I also think is absolute bullshit. So I nice. think there's a lot of um, misdirection and lies about what this technology actually is for her, her life. Yeah. Um. But it's interesting, and the whole idea with the, like, pigeons and the poem inside the pigeons is very interesting. Right. Um, I mean, it's wild. Like, obviously, it's a dystopian world where a, a utopia turned dystopia, right? Like, we can all yes. alter ourselves to be exactly how we want to be, but then we're being attacked by this virus. And I feel confident that those things are linked, even though we haven't talked like they haven't discovered that it seems very very likely to me that you know the utopian idea is linked to the dystopian destruction because that's kind of how these things work really i had no clue Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah it's pretty wild um go figure yeah but i think i mean i think it's really interesting and i think it's interesting the contrast between her and cole because cole has so many enhancements because he's like this super Mm -hmm. soldier. Um, And it's very interesting to me that his memory was erased. So he doesn't know Like he doesn't remember his training. It seems to me he doesn't even know why he is a super soldier. Like they didn't, they erased the memory of him like signing up for this probably because he didn't. Um, Probably. Yeah. It seems, seems likely to me. Um, seems valid, yeah. But, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting platform for talking about like human, the human need to always be improving um, and how technology could force that along. Um, I also think that the idea of proprietary software and gene hackers and 
open source code is so cool. Yes. Because, I mean, that's true. Like, of our technology now, it's just a, it's a one-for-one reflection of how our software and technology work today. So I think it's a very interesting thing if you apply that to literally human beings and how you get to alter yourself. I And it's fascinating because it started out, according to her... Um, according to her description that it started out with like curing things like diseases and asthma and and it just is this I don't know it became also cosmetic while also being health and it's just interesting how that well it's like a it's a has developed I guess yeah it's like a, a reflection of how technology develops I mean computers were created so that college campuses could talk to one another or like the internet was created so that college campuses could talk to one another I didn't know that yeah and then look at it now like holy crap yeah like yeah it is evolved into something so much more powerful but also something that's used in such a wide array from watching cat videos to finding cures for disease kind of things like Mm mm-hmm the expansion of technology is so unyieldy. And I think that's the thing is that Cartaxis in this story wants to control that expansion and say, no, this is what this is for. And you can't just do other things with it. Yeah. And humanity is like, actually, fuck you. We can do whatever we want because this technology is out there and we can manipulate it. it. The whole thing is just, it's just bonkers. It's very smart. Uh, it is very smart. It's just also, I don't know. It's kind of scary, but I guess that's what dystopians are supposed to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well. Would you like to predict things this now? This is the end of the podcast, so we'll see you no, later. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Bullshit. Okay. Bullshit. We've got you. We could do this. Um, okay, fine. Here on Novel Predictions, we have a series of questions. There are uh, seven questions that we ask the new reader of said book to predict what they think is going to happen in this uh, story that we are forcing them to read. And we are going to start doing that now. Allison is going to answer the questions. I'm going to ask them and laugh internally. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes outwardly. Um, and are you ready? I am. As ever as you're going to be? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. The first question that we always ask, because we're romance geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Does the main character fall in love? Yes. With who? Okay. So she's already in love with Dax. Right. But I think that she will fall in love with Cole, um, and that Dax will probably either be a complicating factor in later books or like a villain. Ooh. Okay. I want him to be a villain. Um, Cause I didn't really like him in the first place. So I'm kind of like, what if he's mean? Um, yeah. But anyway, I think she's going to fall in love with Cole. She's already talked about how beautiful he is. Um, he is very handsome. Yeah. She's talking about him being very, very handsome. She also probably hasn't seen anyone cute in like two full years. So, 
yeah, like she, when she goes into the mirror and talks about her own appearance, I was like, oh, honey, it's a right. ravaged world. It's okay. Whenever she did that, I was so scared we were going to get, and I hope we don't at some point, but we were going to get some like uglies vibes where she's oh, like, yeah. I look like garbage. And then she like figures out that everyone's been lying to her and she actually can get normal apps and she's going to be like, I'm beautiful now. Yeah. I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, I have to be honest and say I don't remember if it does or it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think so, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like Yikes. if she eats and, like, has, you know, <laughs> you know, I feel like if she, like, takes care of herself, she'll be fine. She's, like, eating <sighs> dust-flavored protein bars for two years. Like, Ugh. that's not going to do great things for your skin, honey. I just um, feel like there's a whole. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> what are you like on? What are you on Queer Eye now? Like <laughs> I'm just saying, I've been watching a lot of Next in Fashion, so I feel like I'm. Uh, my brain is very in like Tan France's world. If it makes you feel any better, I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm just like, God, my makeup skills suck. Um, so I but get yeah, that. So she and Cole are gonna fall in love, but it's obviously at this point kind of a contentious relationship. Um. So it's going to yeah, have an, an enemies to lovers vibe. Okay. Enemies to lovers vibe. Because they're working towards a common goal, but they are uh-huh. not working. They are not both approaching it from the same direction. Yes. Because he has, like of, that. he have, has faith in Cartaxis that Cartaxis wouldn't, you know. Ugh, um, that would he, they would spread the virus for free. Yeah. Bullshit. Right. Yeah. He thinks that they would like give the vaccine out for free, even though they obviously won't. And her dad literally said it in the note that he is refusing to read. Um, and she yeah. is anti-cartaxis everything and like whatever. So. Except yeah. when it comes to the hot super soldier. Yeah. Except for him. Cause he's too hot. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, there's also that connection to her dad, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, like, um, he's obviously not, like, he said, like, he's, they're going to fucking kill him, probably, if he goes back. He says they're going to court-martial yes. him, but I bet they just murder him. Um, just, like, so, shot him off. Right. He's he's risking, he's risking everything to do this thing, even though he has no control over the fact that he's doing it. Right. Um, what tropes do you think you'll see? Okay, so already we said kind of that enemies to lovers-ish thing. Um, right. I think we're going to see the former former lover is the bad guy. I don't know if that's actually a trope, okay. but you know what I'm saying. Which, I, think it, I think it can be. I always predict that. <laughs> I predicted it with the selection, too. <laughs> but You did! I just uh. think it's good. Um and what else? I mean, it's obviously like pure dystopia. So we have the utopian idea is the catalyst for the dystopian destruction of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the hero is broken in some way, but it's all a lie trope. You know, like um, in some way, but <laughs> it's all a lie. But you know trope. what I'm saying? Like, whenever um, there's always that thing in like fantasy where some child's magic is like artificially suppressed, and so they don't realize they have magic until some catalytic, cat- you know, some event happens, and then all of a sudden they're like break free of their binds. Like, like, like sky high. 
I guess. That movie. That's not a reference that I'm particularly familiar with. Oh my god, you haven't seen the movie Sky High? No, I have. Like, it was just odd... when I was like 11. Yeah, so where he like doesn't have superpowers until like he becomes pressured by the bullies. And then yeah, he's like, I can fly thing. and I have super strength. Yeah, it's that exact thing where it's like something is being suppressed or lied about or whatever. And then once the person like comes into their own or like has something they have to do, they figure out that they've Oh, been... Percy Jackson's the same way. Similar, yeah. There's a lot of things like that. Anyway, that's one of them. <laughs> Whatever okay. that would be. <laughs> um, I just want like a book of all the tropes we make up <laughs> yeah. that are tropes, but that don't have a name. Yeah. Um, the like absentee father, weird loyalty okay. to absentee father thing. Because she also was in boarding school forever and then only really spent a year with her dad. But she has yeah, all this I... really intense loyalty to him. And I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah, I don't really buy it, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it, but, like, he's the only person in your world for that year, and then he gets yes. literally taken by at gunpoint and shot, so, like, I get it. But Makes he's sense. absentee, and he's also, like, that parental manipulation to do a task, even if it's not in your personal best interests. Like, he's like, you have to do this. Mother knows best. Yes, Sorry. exactly. He's like, you have to do this for humanity. Uh, you'll probably die. But love you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like that happens a fair amount. Yeah, I think that's, I think that, I think it's common enough to think yeah. of a thing. And any other tropes? No, that's probably it. Okay. Now, this one's an interesting question. Oh, God. No, I'm, 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 I'm curious to see where you'll go with this one. Is there a mentor? If so, how do, who and how do they meet? Well, okay. So this book obviously re- revolves around gene hacking and coding and, you know, finding the solution in that arena. Um, right. So if anything, I would probably say that her father is her mentor, but like he's already out of the picture. Like she's already been mentored. So you actually think her father's dead? I, I'm because really, you said he's out of the picture. That's what. That's that's just what. That's what I'm referencing. I don't think that he's part of the story. I don't know if he's dead because uh, I mean, it seems to me like we're having a lot of very convenient death. Like Agnes is, like panels offline and that's the only time yeah. she's ever noticed that is when people die or like whatever and like the letter it's like if you're reading this then i'm dead and i'm like i'm always very suspicious of notes like that mm-hmm. um so i don't know if he's dead but he's not there right like she's not going on this journey with him so he's not influencing her decisions or mentoring her in any way right now so i would say that he was the mentor for her coding and things like that but it already happened. Like, we're at the point where yeah. she knows what she's going to know in terms of the gene coding right. stuff. Um, I could see Cole. Well, I don't know. I was going to say, I could see him mentoring her on, like, finding, like, remembering how to live a life that has things other than just surviving. But I don't know if yeah. that's, that's more of, like, a romantic, like, notion than a mentorship. Yeah, that's what that feels like. Right. So, yeah, I would say dad, but he's, it's done. Like, she's been mentored. We're good. 
She's yeah, got it. She like for knows now. what she knows to know. And maybe okay. in, in later books when things are, you know, flipped turned upside down because that's what happens in dystopians, mm-hmm. there'll be a different a different factor, but I think for now, um, she's done. Yeah, I have no idea what happens in the later books. Obviously, this is a, a ploy so that I can read the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm still not read the second book, right? No. And the third one's coming out. The the third one already came out. Oh, like this week, right? Like super recently. Yeah, it came out like two weeks ago. Okay. One week ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. I don't know. I think. How does time work? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Um. Great. Well, speaking of death. Uh huh. Who else is going to die? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So I think. I don't think Agnes is dead, um, but I think that she probably will die later. Okay. Like, I'm hoping they reconnect, and then, uh, because her disappearance is, like, super weird and mysterious to me, um, so I'm hoping they reconnect, like, on the road to Canada or whatever, and then Cartaxis is chasing them, and she actually dies, and yeah, that happens. I... (sighs) I don't, like I said, I'm super on the fence about whether or not the dad is dead. Okay. I feel like it would be not impossible for him not to be dead and for Cartaxis to, like, be forcing him to do this thing. Like, make Katerina decode the the vaccine. But I don't really know why they would, like, what value they have from that at this point. Uh-huh. So it's, like, easier for your predictions if he's actually dead. It's easier for my predictions if he's dead, but it's he's probably not. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, I don't think... I think Dax probably will die. I don't know if he'll die in this book, but, like, if he shows up and causes a love triangle, somebody's got to fucking die, and I think it's going to be him. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like it. Um, Great. Here we go. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. What's the twist? Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I'm probably going to go way the fuck off the rails here, so just prepare Let's yourself. do it. I'm going to I'm gonna just sit in. I'm going <laughs> to pull up my stitch blanket, and I'm just going to listen. Okay. All right, I don't tell think Katerina... Tell me a story. I don't think Katerina's real. I think... What? I think... Wait, wait. I'm so... Okay, hold on. Stitch blanket off. Lizzie up. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, okay, okay. Let's hear me out. All right, I think that she was, like, I don't think that her mother ever existed. I think that she was, like, grown. I think she's, like, a test tube baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she, like, already has talked about how much she looks like her father and, like, all these traits. But she hasn't mentioned that she looks anything like her mother. And, like, she never met her, like, she has no living memory of her mother. um, At least from what I've gleaned so far. So I think she is, like, a lab experiment, and I think that's probably why – something with that is why her dad has, like, limited her panel um, and why she okay. can't have, have these these gene – all these apps and stuff, but it's probably bullshit. Like, he's artificially limited her so that it's not obvious that she's not human. <laughs> well, she's human. Yeah. But that she's, like – her her, gene, her genes are different. Yeah, she's cloned or, she, yeah. like, something is different about her um, genetically. 
That's okay. what I think it is. So I think it's an artificial limitation that will then at some point in this book be come obsolete. Like she will break through some firewall in her own body um, and discover that she's actually capable of like all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and maybe that's part of the encryption or decryption process for the um, virus or the vaccine is that she has to actually unlock her genetic potential okay. to get to it. Like her body can decode it or whatever because her her dad wrote the code for her originally. And so he can set up a way that her genes can decode this vaccine. All right. Which okay. would make sense why she's the only one who can do it, right? Why he built it that way. Um, yes. So not a real girl. That's the first crazy off the rails thing. Um, there's more. Great. There's, go. There's more. So I think what they're going to do. So now that we have established my insane idea, I think what they're going to do is go to Canada to this lab. Okay. They're going to follow the instructions. Um, and along the way, I'm sure there will be bullshit from Cartaxis and there will be Cole and Kat getting to know each other. And I'm hoping she can hack into him again and kind of unlock more of his stuff and like I bet his memories are still there somewhere and she can unlock them um and probably based on his memories there will be some revelation about the world as a whole I think we're gonna get a broader view of Cartaxis's goals or um I'm guessing actually that Cartaxis built this virus in the first place okay yeah, so I think that they probably built a bioweapon and then fucked around and, like, tested it and let it out into the world on accident. And now they're just trying to clean up their mess because that actually happens. Yep. <laughs> um. So I think Cartaxis... I'm just writing this as you're going. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, I know what you're doing. I do the same thing. Um. <laughs> I think Cartaxis is probably, like, actually fucking pretty evil. Um. But... I'm wondering if the whole th- she had had the whole altercation about her dad's flu vaccine being based on dog DNA and then people refusing to take it. So then a bunch of people died. And her understanding is that he was able to quit Cartaxis and like go hide. And Cole's understanding is that he got fired because of this oversight. Right. So I'm guessing Cole is probably right about you know, a lot of things and she's been lied to a lot, but that Cartaxis is still overall an evil organization. Um, and her dad is just not as shiny as he wants her to believe. He's not uh-huh. a white knight. He's done some things and have felt shame about them or whatever. Okay. Um, he's not a shiny. He's not so shiny. Anyway, ultimately, he I think they're going to get it to the lab in Canada, um, figure out that we're gonna, probably going to decrypt the virus. And as soon as they do, get captured by Cartaxis, because I'm sure Cartaxis can track Cole. He's like basically a robot that they built. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, I do think he is real. I think that he. But he's been like has genetically been so altered. altered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially at first I didn't, I thought he was probably more like cyborg-y. Um, but with the drawings of the girl 
and his attachment yeah. to these things. Like I felt, I feel like he's he's actually lived a life before becoming this super soldier. So I think they're going to get captured by Cartaxis as soon as they decrypt the vaccine. And that's where we're going to have either Dax or her dad come into the picture. Okay. Um, when they're like in a bunker. And at that point, I lose it a little bit. I'm not sure if her dad or you Dax. You just cliffhanger it right there. You know, I there cl- are more I, books. It's true. But I also feel like. Yeah, so there's there's two endings to the story that I could create. One is she gets thrown into a bunker prison, basically, and feels zero hope, and, like, that's the end of book one. Right. Or two is she's approached by Dax and or Dad, and there's some, ex- like, actual explanation for her and her medical shit and her genetic shit, and then there's, like... A you know, there's an underground resistance in the bunker that she's like invited to join to, you know, try to get this vaccine yes. out to people. But I do think there's a, she's going to end up in Cartaxis's control and going to have to fight her way out of that in some way, probably in the second book. Under control and fight way out <laughs> of in book two. Baller. Yes. So my main twist is that she is like genetically weird. In yes, she's genetically weird. Yeah. So well, that leads us nicely into question two, mm-hmm. which is why is the story from the main character's perspective and why are they important? Because so she is genetic twofold. I think she's genetically weird and therefore she can do a lot more than other people once she becomes unlocked. Right. And two, because she has connections to her dad and her dad is like such an important player to Cartaxis. Okay. Cause even if she wasn't genetically weird at this point, cause she's not, we don't know that at this point in time. Yes. She's still important to the story because Cartaxis wants her and people, her dad needs her to do these things. Like it's all connected with her dad's legacy as a gene coder. Yeah. That makes loads of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what other thoughts do you have and what other stories does this remind you of? I You mentioned so, zombie stories earlier. It definitely reminds me of zombie stories. Um it kind of reminds me of fifth uh the fifth wave or whatever. Oh yeah. Called. Yep. Okay, yeah. That that story. Um that I've but, never read. So in that story, basically the thing that reminds me of it is it's a girl who is on a mission to do a thing, and she teams up with somebody she doesn't really trust. Okay, that's to fair. Like, to, accom- like, go accomplish the mission, and it's, you know, dystopian, and they're, like, traveling on abandoned highways and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because aliens attack, right? Right. Yeah. Um, All right. So that one, for sure, I think kind of the zombie tropes in general. Um, it also kind of reminds me of, and this is a little bit of a stretch, but... Like, do androids dream of electric sheep or, like, that, like, Blade Runner just in that, like, techno dystopia yeah. kind of thing where there's, there's a lot of technology that's contributing to this dystopian world. Not really okay. in concept or, like, story, but just in the idea of a, a technologically advanced dystopia. Because a lot of times when you create a dystopian world, 
they eliminate like something happens that eliminates all technology and that's why it's dystopian right it also reminds me of the uglies unfortunately but not not the parts of the uglies i hated just the like the altering self um idea and the idea that like if you're not enhanced you're not beautiful necessarily all right that's fair yeah um, and, t- I can and in terms that. of like other thoughts, I'm interested to see how we see the disease evolve because I think it's going to. Okay. Um, and we haven't, I mean, obviously the story is about finding a vaccine for the disease, but we've only seen the one guy that's had the disease so far. Um, and I think we'll see more people with it. I also, now that I'm thinking about it, wouldn't be surprised if... Somebody important to the plot gets infected and then, like, there's a race against the clock to get them the vaccine or, like, alter the vaccine to be a treatment or something like that. Yeah. Um, especially because Cole, he's, like, vaccinated or whatever, but I don't know, maybe the d- disease will mutate and his vaccine will become obsolete and then he'll get infected and she'll have to, like, create a treatment and this will be part of her unlocking her genetic capabilities thing. I like that. That's yeah. like kind of the the catalyst or the pressure that um, forces her unlocking. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. No, I, I, I like where you're going with it. And I like that, it, you know, it fits again with this like just world and this sort of concepts that we've been introduced to. You know, you're yeah. not throwing in dragons or shit like that. <laughs> All of a um, sudden she can do magic. Yeah. <laughs> Magic is involved. Um yeah, I I think I don't know. What's funny is I was kind of hoping for like some memory to pop up in my head as you were talking over whether or not you were right and I'm just like I have no idea. Oh no. <laughs> I really I was just sitting here. I was like, do I remember anything else that I was like Nope. I was having one of those moments where like you you were a kid and you were never lost in the mall, but then the cop tells you you were lost in the mall and then like you forge the memories of you being lost in the mall. And I was like, as you were yeah. talking, I was like, yeah, that totally happens in the book. And I was like, no, it doesn't, Michaela. You don't know if it does or not. <laughs> like, but does it? You don't know. I don't know. I don't actually know. So, well, I think those are great predictions Yay. for this mortal coil. Um, I'm really glad you are enjoying it. Like, I know that we enjoy torturing each other and I, but this one is really outside of your comfort zone in terms of you'll read a dystopian. I'm not throwing like a contemporary out of your comfort zone for you, but yeah. I know that you're much more prone to dragons than you are spaceships. Yeah, typically. Yeah, just, I mean, like, Honestly, well, and I, you know? it's, I mean, it's obviously like a hard science fiction, like, yeah, it's heavy and it's not, it's not, there is no, cause a lot of science fiction, like there's a, a little bit of like, well, this thing kind of like exists and it's weird, but it, and it maybe is like a little bit magic, but don't just ignore that part. We're going to pretend that it's science. And this seems a lot more like possible to me like i mean it seems like something that could happen like maybe not the way that she's describing it but like it's not an out so outside the box that i can't imagine people with panels in their arms and you know well 
yeah, especially with the advanced technology and the route that we're going with, you know, genetic testing and gene splicing and like those right. are things that are happening right now. Right. Um, and it, it and their conversations we're having right now about what kind of treatment. It's very um, you know, the movie Galatica. No. Yeah. What is it? Gattaca. That one where Gattaca, where he the he's not supposed to live because he has the heart tremor and they like it to build their perfect baby. Right? I don't think that's Gattaca. <laughs> I don't know. I can no? Do I don't know. What is... Okay. There is a movie. It's got Uma Thurman in it. And it's... <laughs> I had to watch it for science... I had to watch it for science class. I'm not kidding. Uma Thurman. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was Gattaca. Maybe it and is. And I'm going to be missed. I could be... It wrong. is... It is Gattaca. Okay. Okay. I was yes, it's Gattaca. Gattaca. Was more spaceshipy, but... No. Gattaca, it's the gene one. Yes. Okay. And with... um. With Ethan Hawke in it. Yeah, it's always... Oh, no. Genetically inferior. Wait, what? Jude Law... Yes, yes. Because he, he wants to travel into space. But he's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking know now. I'm so confused. I think I'm... Somebody tell me if I'm right. Twitter, you need to reach out to me and tell me what this movie is. And I'm 99% sure that it is Gattaca with Jude Law, Ethan Hawke, and Uma Thurman, and genetic genetic splicing that's a word genetic um, yeah of course genetic splicing so um let's move on and talk about something else and by <laughs> something else i mean uh promoting another podcast <gasps> which is something yeah which is something that we do on our review episodes one because they episodes. tend to be sh- fuck me um <laughs> we do on our predictions episodes because one they tend to be shorter than our review episodes <laughs> yeah. um but but really we do want to promote other um podcasts and other specifically literary ones but ones that we just love to listen to and one of the ones that the one that i'm doing today is one of the very first podcasts i ever listened to um, because it has the word i know because it has the word disney in it and it's been going on since 2013 um they're long fucking ass episodes sometimes anywhere from two to three hours and sometimes they're in multiple parts and the show is the disney story origins podcast and by paul yeah, by Paul J. Hale. Uh-huh. And I love this podcast because, um, and I'm reiterating it because he's come out with some new ones like Mickey's Christmas Carol, The Princess and the Frog, fucking Bambi's on here. Um, <laughs> and he really only does like one a month, which is really upsetting. But the reason is, is he goes so into- long. They're so A, so long. And B, like they're so well researched and so fascinating how he goes into the origins of- the fairy tales and the ideas and he puts in clips from the movies and puts in clips from you know audiobooks of the readings like one of my favorite episodes is the tangled episode because it delves mm. into the history of rapunzel and hans christian anderson in ways that i just never ever would have thought and i'm talking long about it because i don't have a promo for it because he's rather popular he's been um, you know, like I said, doing this for seven years. Uh, but he, he does. He goes into Bambi. There's Black Cauldron. Has three different fucking parts to it. Whoa. Um, so does Alice in Wonderland. And then um, there's also, you know, Little Mermaid, Aladdin. Um, and then he does these little episodes called Supplemental. And what the supplementals are, are like little side notes that he does like um for the aladdin one he goes into the story of Sherazad um and the uh, of a thousand Arabian nights and what a jinn does and um so those are pretty cool too 
Nice. Um, yeah. Anyway, you guys should listen to the um, Disney Story Origins podcast by Paul J. Hale and follow him on all the social medias. And it, it like I said, it's worth the couple of hours that you spend listening to it because it's one of those things that you're going to be like, what? I didn't know that was that way. And especially if you're a Disney fan, like it also kind of crushes your dreams a little bit because you're like, yeah, oh, I can imagine. Nothing's original. Yeah. And that sucks. Everything is derivative. So. Yay. Everything is derivative. It's kind of depressing. But I just tend to look at it from the fascinating side of like, here are these stories that we find so that we're so beloved and like are part of our childhoods, especially if you're a nineties kid and he just like deconstructs them into their origins. And it makes you like want to go read the old fairy tales, which I really appreciate. I love shit like that. Yeah. Super deep dives into very interesting topics are super awesome. Yeah. Which is why like, I love you're wrong about and like criminal and all these, I just, I'm, I'm big on podcasts being learning things, which ours is not, but that's okay. We don't want to. No, we, we, well, we, okay, but here's the thing. It's a lot of work to do a podcast and we appreciate you guys for listening um, because it it makes it rewarding for us. We do it because it's fun for us. Yeah. Um, It gives us an excuse to hang out. It gives us a a book to read every month because we're such avid readers and it's also really fun in this world of um, whether or not things hold up. Yeah. I don't know how about how best to say that, but being more social, modernizing, being more socially conscious, like it's really yeah. fast. I think about the Thief Lord all the time. I'm like, oh my god, that book that I read. It's, so it's really interesting for the rereader, but it's also really fun for the new reader to step outside their comfort zone, which is how this started. But then, as the world has been reexamining things and becoming more socially aware, um, it's been interesting to go back too. You yeah. found that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have. <laughs> We all know how I feel about some of the books I've brought to the table upon rereading, like Aragon. So yes, things or or uh, um on the edge. No, it wasn't on the edge. Well, tr- t- fucking Tinker. I still goddamn love mother. <laughs> I don't know. No. Anyway, you should listen to those episodes if you haven't already, and you should follow us on all the social media. Allison does an amazing job on our social media. Um posting updates and you should join our goodreads club which will book club which uh, will have the first section where you can also share your predictions that section is spoiler free um whereas everything else is spoilers spoilers welcome welcome. yes that's our that's our tagline um (laughs) anything else that you want to add or are you just like ready to be done and go read (laughs) or go to work (laughs) yeah i gotta go to work um, no, I'm I'm excited about this one. I know that it's a long one, so it's kind of hard to convince people to read it with us. But if you have any interest based on what we said today, I would absolutely recommend you read it with us and um, go make predictions on our book club page. Yes, please do. We're just thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, for your continuous downloads and your continuous support. And we will see you guys. And by see, I mean, you will hear us in two weeks. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes, I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye.